Christmas time, mistletoe and wine, children singing non-denominational rhyme, because that's how we do it in 2022. In fact, they're probably singing like, Cliff, stop, please stop. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Welcome to this uh, Christmas special of the Pine Bean Show. I am joined by the baddest boy ever to come out of Old Bon Hill. He's a Slongmeister General. It's Craig Biddulph. Thank you for coming along, Craig. How are we? I'm no bad, mate. Aye. Good stuff. And this week we are joined by a man who is the, the creative director, uh, I've been informed, behind the Comedy Cabaret at the Cranside Kitchen with venues uh, in Glasgow, a venue in Glasgow, Leeds, Cardiff, and also over the other side of the world. Please welcome to the Pine Bean Show, it's Mr. Alan Anderson. Hello! How you do, sir? Bristol, you forgot Bristol. Bristol, sorry, you, I do apologise. Perth, Perth, Australia. Perth, Australia, Adelaide, Melbourne. Uh, aye, right, aye. The other side of the world, that could have been, what, Fiji? I fucking love to go to Fiji. Yeah. I, Hong I, Kong. I, love they, to go to Hong Kong. Have they got comedy clubs in Fiji? I don't know. Shall we find out? Do you know what? I think that's maybe your next venture. Aye. 2023. Aye. It'll be better. Whatever's there will be better than the junkyard in Hamilton. I'll tell you that for starters. Oh, you can't say that. I do enjoy the junkyard in Hamilton. <laughs> I do enjoy it. Shots fired early. It was one of the, the first headline gigs I've ever done. So... Cheers to the junkyard and Stephen. Thank you. Uh, we'll, sh we'll just get we'll just get fired right <laughs> fired right, and we uh, we start off with dear Biddy. So the first one we got right um, was dear Biddy. What's your favourite? It just says favourite song, right? But because this is a Christmas special, I want to know what your favourite Christmas song is. Oh, I think all Christmas songs are shite. Uh, wham, maybe Wham. Last Christmas. Mm -hmm, Shout mm -hmm. it to the Wham. Uh, we'll go with that. Okay, Cause... Alan, do you have a favourite Christmas song? Ba -da -da -da. Ba -da -da -da. Ba -da -da. Caravan of love, for God's sake, definitely. I personally, it doesn't every come up my Christmas Christmas. Join a caravan. Join love. Stand up, stand up, stand, stand up. up. Uh, uh, um, the, the, the House Martins featuring Norman Cook, a.k.a. Fatboy Slim. Done a cappella style. There you go. Paul, do you have a favourite Christmas song? Um, I don't know Aye, it was Christmas number one. Is that yours? I thought you were going to say Frog Chorus there. Oh, that's not bad, actually. <laughs> Maybe there's some alright Christmas songs. Do you know, see, for me, it's Band-Aid. Can't, I, I can't see past it. I think it is the elite Christmas song. It just, like, when that comes on, it's just, oh, it's Christmas. Do you get what I mean? Can I get you in a good mood right and up to the holiday season? there won't season? be snow in Africa this Christmas time, except actually, technically, more snow falls on the Atlas Mountains than it does in the European Alps. So, geographically wrong there, mid -year. Well, do you know what? They raised the money for them. <laughs> 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 Fucking, I take my hat after them. Uh, there's, I'll, I'll be honest, right? I'm going to apologise to some of the listeners because there's some questions in here I'm not going to get on to today. But if we do another wee solo ep, uh, I will get them. I will get them out. Um, somebody asked how tall you are. Six I, foot two. You six foot two? Aye. 
six two. Which 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 the body mass of somebody a six foot two men? Oh, I currently weigh about one hundred and twenty four kilograms, which. Jesus. It's come down to 140. I was 140 kgs uh, a few months ago, but I'm 124 now. Slowly going down. I kind of want to get to about the 100 mark. No is, that, is that going to be the New Year's resolution? To be fair, you, you do go to the gym, don't you? Uh, you go to it more than I do. I don't even have a membership anymore. I was just donating 30 quid. Go to the gym at House. Uh, it's not bad. We steam room, sauna after it, maybe a hot tub. I do I do like that, though. I, I think that it kinda, I, when, I, when I do go... Um, it's kind of it kind of reminds me like oh this is why I want to to have things in life because this is really nice because um, the closest I get to a warm a warm water's like the kettle do you know what I mean That's... can I just ask how well this podcast is doing if you can afford to be a gym member at Cameron House for God's sake I did the Cameron House in the golf so I get a sort of deal it's not that bad That's I did the right. golf at the Carrick and then the Cameron House Aye. he's but... one of the most he probably can't afford it right he's just one of the most vain guys going. That's why he's got the three series outside. No, so oh, can't he afford it, can't even drive it, doesn't it? Well, the cares of the wipers. The just, podcast is he doing it doesn't make us any money at all. It's my actual job that makes me money. Right. But if you want the podcast to make money, make sure you like, subscribe, <laughs> comment, and tell everybody you know. I subscribe on YouTube. We need subscribers. Yes, on yes. I know people might go that is pure beggy macho, but I don't nah. care. We Get need a it. Patreon. But you know, we have got big, massive plans for next year. We've got massive plans for next year to kind of take us from. No, Shite to all right. Shite to all right. Yes, I like <laughs> that's brilliant. That, I like that. That that here, Paul, write that down. Somebody write that down. That is that is fantastic. Uh, somebody somebody said, uh, dear buddy, are we human or are we dancers? Oh, fuck off with them, man. Just do, weed you them know, out. do you know? Weed I, them I know. Out. I did want to kind of weed these out. Oh, I tell you what, I'm going to go back to one we had the other week that we, that we couldn't answer, uh, and somebody asked about the subway. Oh, they're shite. I hate them. Right? When they're late, they were shite. They were electric, but there was pools of water in amongst the subway and all that, so I didn't like it at all. Have they not always been electric, no? Aye, they have, I've never right. seen MD3 no, but coal in the, new, the new, new electric one. But there's fucking puddles of water in the, the, the lines and that. I'm I'm not trained up on... I'm not exactly sure the... The rail. The behind the, the railway structure and that, but surely fucking hunters of water everywhere. Like, I could wade about in it, it was about that deep. It doesn't smell good. I think they were more intrigued about the design. Oh, they're shite. I hate them. Not they're too small. Sorry, I've, I'm I've fucking that. cooked up I've, with that in them. I've, I've worded that quite right. Okay, I, I hope that answers the question for that listener. So thank you, uh, dear Biddy. Since my question last week was not PG, here's a better one for you, Bud. Uh, what is your golf handicap? All oh, right. Well, we're not speaking about that, man. Uh, I've had a bad season. Have you? I uh, well, I've started the season basically tore all my tendons. <laughs> And that was just, my, and that was just getting out of bed. And then, uh, and then, uh, obviously, I've not played in a while, but had a bad season. Let's just say it's went up by three to what it was at at the start of the season. Up, like so, I'm not great with golf. So up, as in in a bad way. Aye. So your hand. So you see the down. lower your handicap, the better player you're. The higher it is, the worse player you're. Right. Okay. Alan, do you play any sort of golf or anything? I like hate that? golf and absolute passion. Worst pastime in the world. More of a cycling man, aren't we? I love my cycling. I love my skiing. I love my triathlons. I love Don't my mind rugby. Ski. I did, I did his skiing as a block at college once. It's quite a good block at college. Aye, it's awesome. Aye, I, I did a month in uh, in the French Alps uh, this winter because a certain Nicola Sturgeon wouldn't let me work. Fuck you. Uh, so I went out to the French Alps and skied. Get in my camper van uh, for, for, for a month. It was awesome fun. I've South. never done it though. Look, the closest thing I've got to skiing, you ever seen that South Park episode where it's like French fries and pizza slice? Is that real? Is that Aye. See, I didn't, right, so I didn't know that they called it French fries and pizza slice until my kids started skiing. Right, for us, it was snowplow when we were a kid. And then the the, 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 the first lesson that my kids got when they were four was uh, French fries and, and pizza slice. And that just blew my mind how 
simple an idea. Uh, so whenever we're going somewhere down a hill and I want my wee man to speed up, I'll just shout out, chips, chips, chips. And, and he just, boom, bombs it. Hit 92 kilometres an hour when we were in France earlier this year. Oh, I was well chuffed with the wee See, man. when we learned, we were learning on a dry slope and then we'd, le then we'd go, le started learning on a dry slope. Aye. See the one in Bears Den? Bears Den, aye. Started learning on that and then we went up to escape and that and then... Uh, we went to, fuck, I can't remember where we went after that. We went somewhere like an actual proper, like I'm natural out. one. I'm out now. But I was all right, man. I, I, I wasn't amazing at it. <laughs> I tried to do a jump and <laughs> just ended up tumbling about fucking 50 metres down a hill. But, <laughs> but no, it was no bad. I quite like fuck, it. Although fuck. I didn't like when you're bombing it right down, you're going well fast and you're trying to slow, your best to slow down. It's just not happening. I'm quite glad it was a dry slope because that could have caused a serious. I wasn't good enough today, but you know the guy when they slow down, just be turning their whole body, their cells. That's me. I'm uh, that guy. I was made oh no, oh no, can <laughs> I guy? But good. Maybe maybe we should do that. Maybe we should do it as a special next year. Oh, we should go skiing. Go skiing. I will totally take you on a special. Yes, and um, we'll get some drinks for the chairlift and all that kind of stuff. Yes, sign me up right now. Would you be up for that, Paul? You'd need to, you'd need to, no. he's shaking You don't need to ski, you just need to hold the camera, man. No, but the thing is, he's gonna have to hold the camera to get you skiing. So I'll hold the camera whilst I'm skiing. And you'll just see and, us and behind. follow you two. Like, I'll be like in front of you or behind you and I can hold the camera and you two can ski. Right. Right, let's do that, that'll right. be great fun. Why do I feel as if this is gonna end up- It's gonna end up with your leg age. broken and my Aye. arm broken. But Aye. I'm all for it we're for the for the fans, the, all, all three of them. <laughs> I know we're we're going to we're going to get a, a nice weekend away to the RAH after that, aren't we? Ah yeah. well, it's better than a weekend in the sales. <laughs> no, I've never actually been in the sales. Well, if, there, if, there, if there's drink involved, we, we you know we never know. Um, the next one uh, again, people. Uh, somebody said favorite movie, but because this is a Christmas special, have you got a favorite Christmas movie? Uh, the Grinch. I don't know. Maybe that's just probably a popular one. Remember that Santa Claus one? What's his name? Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Quite they're no bad. I like uh, that one. They're, br they're bringing out a new one, isn't it? It's a series yeah. sort of thing about him trying to hang up the mantle. I did like the ones when I was uh, growing up. Used to be on the Disney Channel. Uh, if you were a Sky user, I believe it was six one one. I don't need no I believe channel. It's just <laughs> useless, pointless information. But it was still. Uh, you got a favourite? Quoted. I would Christmas uh, movie. Uh, favourite Christmas movie. It was in my head just a moment ago. I was going to talk about. Uh, right. I've got a favourite Christmas movie memory, which was last year. Myself and my partner sat down to show the kids Love Actually and oh. completely forgot about that scene five minutes in. Joanne Page. When Joanna Page they're, 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 they're simulating blowjobs <laughs> and things like that. Completely and utterly forgot about that. And the kids at the time were 11 and six. And it was just like, in for a penny, in for a pound. This is what's going to happen later on <laughs> in your life. Yeah, so if MD's unfamiliar in that scene in Love Actually, I believe it's Martin Freeman um, yes. who plays um, he plays Bilbo Baggins in the Hobbit films, uh, and Joanna Page who plays Stacy from Gavin and Stacy, uh, and they're like it's not they're not like the real actors though they're like they're for positioning, Aye. aren't they? It's like so we can kind of get the shot for the camera, and it's like they're Ross. Why are you on. explaining this? Everyone's seen Love Actually forty times. Uh, I actually right, watched it last why week. Why are you explaining you? it? Aye. There is people out there that haven't seen these things, man. And the likelihood of them watching this podcast or listening to this podcast is very slim because they probably live in the Gobi Desert or something like that, right? I hope there's an absolute army of fans out there of this To be show fair, there's a guy from Canada that keeps commenting. Yes, I wanted to talk to you about that. There was like, your mum shared it on Facebook. I've reached places even he's no reached for his comedy club. <laughs> you're right, you're right, aye. <laughs> yeah, there was a guy from Canada and he said, so if you're watching, thank you very much, sir, that, that means a lot. Um, 
Cheers. Uh, the next, Paul, sorry, have you got a favourite Christmas film, man? Uh, Home Alone. Home Alone? Safe bet. I, I, I'm not really that big on Home Alone. I find it kind of, I don't know, I struggle, you know, in a film you kind of struggle to get into it. And it's, I know, like, I'm, I was about to say it's incredibly far-fetched, but here we are talking about Tim Allen becoming Santa Claus, right? But you get my meaning. Um, the next one, Dear Biddy, th this one this one blew my mind and I thought I'm going to ask it. Done acid with my best mate at college and I'm convinced we kissed. What should I do? <laughs> what should you do? Never speak about it, Biddy. <laughs> <laughs> deny, deny, deny. <laughs> Is, is that your advice Just on deny, that? deny, deny. Just double down, don't back down, double down. Double down. Gonna, right, I'm going to flip that. Right, if you really like someone as a best mate, right, then you know you already get along personality-wise, right? And the acid's brought something out. And you, now, I don't know if best mate is the same gender and you like the same gender or is a different gender and you like different genders, but you're already two-thirds of the way here. Speaking as a man who's been divorced twice, speaking as a man who's had two proposal KBs, right? And has understood, <laughs> speaks to the rough. therapy and has understood where he's fucked up, right? If you've got that best mate thing going on, right, then that's you. You're nine-tenths of the way there to having a brilliant life partner. Fuck it. Go deep. Boy, Get deep. in there, right? <laughs> I, can, I, I, I want to, you know, take that advice on board and go, that's brilliant, but you're my best mate. <laughs> and I don't think... I don't if think he comes anywhere near me now, I will drop him. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's what we want. Do you, do you, I don't think we could do that. No, no, don't even look at me. Don't give me mind. There is a there is a picture out there um, where it was for a party, and the two of us were, and I mean steaming, and we're out in the smoking area. Do you know the picture I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, me. Don't bring it up, man. <laughs> and I've whipped my tap off, right? Because that's 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 what I thought was a good idea at the time. And somebody's got the camera out or their phone out to take a picture, right? So I've sucked in, shoulders back, assumed the Triple H position, right? And you've come into the picture and started like my nipple. I'm actually, Paul, see if I send you that, could we, like, put that on the screen? <sighs> Enjoy. Right, so, but you've done that without being on acid. Now imagine you've both <laughs> been on acid, right? And imagine that opened up a whole new world for you, right? Does it, does, does it say any question whether or not the, 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 Caller, whatever, liked it or not, right? No, they never, they never mentioned it. Right, they never emotion. said that they liked it. They never said they didn't like it. I'm going to assume that they liked it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been asking advice about it. So if they liked it, don't bury it. If they liked it, explore it. Use it for wank material for your Christmas. I don't know. Batter in. <laughs> do whatever you rather take your fancy. Brilliant. I, I, I don't know. Just... There you go, two, coming at you hard for two sides of the spectrum there. Um, right, I think this might be the last... Oh, right, okay, I'll make it the second last one. Uh, it's the worst date you've ever been on. I don't know, because I don't think you've been oh, on one for about five years. I've not been on an actual fucking dates. For, I mean, that means I just need to pick dates for when I was actually going out with somebody, and I'm not going to do that. Did you ever have any, any shockers? La really Lana, Lana will argue that on her first date, I made her split the bill, which I don't fair. Absolutely fair. Do you know what? I think it's actually, I think if they offer and you still want to pay for it and you pay for it, that's fine. But see, if they don't offer, I think that's a bit like, my do you get what I mean? I get it, yeah. Well, yeah, so going on a date should be an even Stevens kind of thing. Unless I've turned around and said to you, do you want to go to one Devonshire Gardens for the night? Right, I, don't, I wouldn't expect you to, to go half us on that. But if it's going for a meal, going for 
brunch, going for drinks, then I, I would expect it to be round, 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 right? Mm -hmm. um, unless you're trying to impress. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a good. Idea. Although I, when I went, I, I vaguely remember saying, right, I'll get it. And the no 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 you know that that always happens right it's the I'll get it no 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 the, I'll get it right and then it goes back and forth for about two minutes and after two minutes I've gone no it's fine I'll get it I'll get it I'll go right we'll just go Hoffers I think I and I think because I said we'll just go Hoffers then meet in the middle that's what cost me the brownie points for that one but here we are three years later um, so have you got any worst dates yourself Alan that you've been on and you think oh dear I'd, um, like, to, I'd like to bury that uh, I have buried the worst ones I don't think I've had a bad date in uh, in 18 years really just fucking good record man yeah, he's, go, he's going strong I've had a couple of bad relationships completely my fault right but uh, <laughs> I don't reckon I've had a bad first date I think my I, I think I've, I've 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 had some good fun good there you go that's how we do it what about yourself Paul any, any dates stick out in your mind that you go wish I wasn't there for that one <laughs> Any spring into mind? Uh, I'm not saying. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get this camera. What was the best date you've been on? Fuck. <sighs> the best date I've ever been on was with me, <laughs> me, you, and Bob's. Um, what three? Three guys? Aye, and we went uh, and we went and seen Infinity War, and then oh, back to back, and then Endgame back to back. That is honestly <laughs> one of the best nights of my life. <laughs> Right, wait a minute, but a date equals something romantic at right. the end, right? Okay, was that... I so, felt emotional, man. I felt a connection between us all. I thought, like, this... I mean, I, I was crying at one point. Oh, mate, it was it was an emotional roller coaster. definitely. I don't know. I don't, I've never been on any sort of dates. So let's flip it. Let's flip it back to the last question. You're on an emotional roller coaster with this guy no, who's your best there. mate. You've just referred to having gone on a date with him, but you're saying that you wouldn't want to explore. No chance. My ass is locked. You stay away. Scared of the bird, not You, do, you do know, though, that the next time he's having a wank, he's thinking of you. Maybe he's thinking of you. It's fine. Maybe maybe, <laughs> I'm, maybe I'm thinking this 0% alcohol is going to my head. And it's <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, swiftly moving on from the last one, dear buddy, it just says you should get a tattoo. Have you, you've not got any tattoos, have you? I don't know. No, I was going to get a tattoo, but fuck it. I don't know, man. I'll need to think about it. It's, you, it's permanent. You, Aye, you've got it's, a build butt for, for like a sleeve or something. I, think aye, I was thinking about a sleeve, but then you need to get something that you want. You can't just go in and bandage, go, I'll just get that. I'll just get that, and it's got no meaning, no nothing. You know, I need to have a hink about it. Who knows? Maybe in the future. Have you got any yourself, Alan? No, and I'm exactly the same reason as him. Um, I, I don't want to be 60, which is only 10 years away, and my skin all wrinkly and having a really shit faded tattoo from when I was 30 or 20. That was that was one main thing about me. I, I do Ironman triathlons uh, and what a lot of people who do their tr first triathlon is they get the, the M dot symbol on their on their calf to go, yeah, look at me, I was a big triathlete. I hate it. I think it is just pure, horrible branding yourself with commercialism on 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 your leg just to say that you've been able to swim bike and run for 15 hours no flip it but see if you're in the olympics i was just doing it and you want a medal or that would you get one but you see, know the see. olympics have got their, their, their right, I, I, in the rings uh no i don't no. I, I look that's i get that but in my head if i'd won a gold medal or i'd been at the olympics i'd always have in my head You've got, I've I've got a gold medal. You've got a medal. Olympics, like unless I'm 75 in a home, I've got Alzheimer's. Going, <laughs> right? 
Oh yeah, I've been to the Olympics, right? Okay, right. Oh, oh, oh. That's... See, to be fair, if you're going like you're probably looking at it and going, what the fuck if I get five rings for not? You wouldn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Look I've good. got, I've got one. I've got one, and it's an L on my upper ankle. Um, there you go. That that's what I've got. It, it was stick and poke, and it was horrendous. Have you get? You must have some, Paul. Surely. Oh, jeez, he does. Oh my God. So is there any specific, like, see when you get that done, do you have a thought process? Like I want this to be meaningful. This it's all bands that I've, that I love. It's all artworks to albums and stuff. There you go. That's got to be meaningful. Like that. And I. I, would, I don't know what I would get. I tell you what, if there's anybody listening who wants to get the Pie and Beans logo on them, I will fucking subsidise that quite happily. I would love that. I will not stand for that, right? I think if we, I think if we, that could be maybe one of your specials, we go and get that tattooed together. I fucking, not a chance am I getting that <laughs> fucking logo tattooed on me. Because I don't know. I swear to fuck. We'd end up falling out no long after it and it would get like kiboshed on it and we'd never do it again. I'd rather get it waxed into my fucking chest or something and get it fucking tattooed on <laughs> oh. me. We did, did, did something similar in, in, in Australia. Uh, the Scottish comedian Paul Perry, who lives down south, absolutely amazing. Hardly ever does Scotland these days because he lives down uh, down in southern England. Uh, but he was out in Oz with us and um, we I took him to a, a waxing place in, uh, in in Perth and she she did stripes like uh, on him first of all like you know the Hacienda chevrons right. he, she did them on him first of all and he didn't know what was what was happening and then he just had it just looked like a, a zebra <laughs> for, but then she did the rest of it but uh, aye I think that could be in the cards for us next year we charity wax or something maybe I think so it'll be there he's like a Turkish guy when you take his tap off how very stereotypical <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm I'm quite the, the 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 hairy chap underneath underneath here. Um, I get it from my mum's side. Um, so there they. Are. Uh, right, let's get wild into you, Alan. Talk to us about how the comedy cabaret came about. I want to know the backstory. You know, James English, take us back. Take right. Back to the so I'd been I'd been promoting uh, comedy gigs up and down the UK since uh, the year two thousand. Uh, so twenty two years, coming on twenty three years now, um, and it was. 2017, and I'd actually given up promoting comedy uh, in Scotland. I was focused purely on the, the three months a year that I do in Australia and on the sporting events that I, I promote as well. Um, Jonglers went into receivership liquidation, and Andy, who's my business partner, he used to work for me when he was 18, so like 15 years ago, um, and he was a show manager at Glasgow Jonglers, and he'd lost these weekend work as show manager at Jonglers and he went, I want to open up a comedy club. And we kind of sat on it for a few months and I was going, oh, do I, don't I, do I, don't I. And I decided that I didn't. And then um, my daughter and my ex-wife, she was my wife at the time, massive Strictly Come Dancing fans. I mean, like massive Strictly Come Dancing fans. And in August of 2017, it got announced what the lineup was for Strictly that year. And in that lineup was Susan Kalman. I used to like Susan Kalman. I don't like Susan Kalman anymore. And I haven't liked Susan Kalman for a number of years. And I just sat there and I went, there is no fucking way I'm sitting in the house on a Saturday night while she's on my telly for two hours. Because I knew there was that the girls would be, be watching it. And uh, I just phoned Andy up and I went, do you still want to open a, open a comedy club? He went, aye. I think I found the perfect space and the perfect reason. So Rotunda is where we opened up the club and that was purely so that I 
got out of the house on a Saturday night and didn't have to watch Susan Calman on my telly. And from there, it's just grown and grown and grown. Certainly has grown, and it's one of my favourite venues to play. Um, the, what, what, where do we go for the name change from Rotunda to the Comedy Cabaret? So, um, Rotunda is a very Glasgow thing, right? Mm -hmm. Almost everyone in Glasgow knows the Rotundas. Uh, the two round brick buildings on either side of the Clyde, beside the Hydro, beside the Finiston Cran. Um, but that's not a name that we could use in other cities around the country. Um, so we were using the Comedy Cabaret as our brand in Leeds and Bristol and Aberdeen and that. Um, and during COVID, Rotunda changed into being Cranside, got the beer garden and all that kind of stuff. And we just liked the alliteration. And we were getting a lot of people who didn't know that we ran the gigs in the other in the other cities, uh, and so for the for the the mark nationwide market, it just became the 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 obvious thing to do was is to slowly rebrand it and can't say Christmas comedy cabaret sounds brilliant when it rolls off your tongue. So that was that's why we, we kind of slowly. Went that way. It's a very good night out. I actually went uh, last last week, the week before. Uh, I went um, for one of the Christmas shows just as a just as a regular Joe blogs off the street, and I walked away going, "Do you know what? That was fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a great show. The acts were great. It was just all round fantastic." But what was fantastic about it compared to going to the stand or Glee? Right. So what was because di it's different from just going to a comedy club, shall we say? Right. But, so what was different from a punter's point of view? What do we do? I would personally, right, see for me walking in there, right, if I'm going somewhere like um, The Stand, I know it's a comedy club and that's fine, I'm, but when I go, I don't know, the, the Rotunda, it feels more, I don't know, it feels as if the energy can be as higher, no in the sense of humour or laughter, I just feel as if it's more kind of night out. Bingo. People want entertained, right? Uh, when you go to The Stand, you walk in, and you just see rules painted on the walls. Then he do this, then he do that. Shut up, you're no here to have fun. But with us, you go there, and frankly, it's the best comedy club food in the whole of the United Kingdom. You know, the four restaurants that you can eat in, or in the club itself, the food is fantastic. And people go in, and they they, they know that they're, just the vibe, going up the stairs, hearing the music, then the, 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 the ambience, everyone getting their food, and all of that, and we just slowly crank it up and crank it up to towards the show, um, and we don't shout at you if you're talking. We don't want you to talk, but we we police it in a very nice and specific way. We don't have a big burly bouncer like you used to do, to do it, jonglers or glee or whatever like that, who'll whip you out if you've been a bit of a a dick. We deal with it in a nice personal kind of way, but people know that they're going to get a full night. So they know they're going to get their dinner. They know they're going to get drinks. They know they're going to have a bloody good laugh because I'm very particular about who I let on that stage. I don't let Dross on that stage. Um, and I know you get your hands up there. Aye. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, you go to some comedy clubs and you'll see that there's out of the four acts, two of the acts are all right and two of the acts are a bit mediocre. But I'm just, I'd rather have a smaller pool of talent who regularly do the gig than have loads of people do the gig twice a year. How do you go through the selection process for that? Is that you going to gigs and watching folk? Or is that folk that you've worked with before? So it's 22 years I've been in this business now. I've been running the Scottish Comedian of the Year competition for around about 15 of those years. So I've seen everyone work 
their way through. And each year when I do the Scottish Comedian of the Year, that's when I see who's who's the next level, who's the next level, who's the next level. And we'll give them a couple of tries um, to do the 10 spots or the five spots. You've got to be really amazing to do the 20. It's the old Don Ward line from the comedy store. He was a guy, he is the guy who, who runs a comedy store. And he would turn around to an open spot and he would say, right, of the four professional acts on this bill tonight, who am I taking off to put you on? Right? Who are you better than who's on, on that lineup? So for Ross, for example, can he seriously sit there and go, Mark Nelson shouldn't have that spot, I should have that spot, Ray Bradshaw shouldn't have that spot, I should have that spot. For me, it's all about consistency more than anything else, right? If I've seen you be funny week in, week out for six months, a year, five years, you're more likely to get that spot than someone who's just hot off the blocks. However, that said, when you get a talent like Liam Farley or Paul McDaniels or at the moment, Jenny Hart, oh my God, Jenny Hart went from doing a 10-minute open spot in March and she's now headlining my Christmas shows this weekend. I mean, that... That just shows in nine months she's went from nothing, from literally shite to beyond all right. Um, so uh, progression is there so long as you've, you've, you've got the talent. Certainly, certainly. As I, I remember my first weekend uh, with yourself, uh, it, was, it was a five spot and it was March, last year March. This year, start of March this year. Uh, and I, I, had a, I had a great weekend. I like that as well, though, because you do give the opportunity to people to go, I will give you a five or a ten spot on the weekend. Because uh, it gives people a chance to gig on the weekend. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. The open spots don't really kind of go into it. It's like, and it kind of, you know, that FOMO sort of comes into play where you're like, it's a Friday and a Saturday night, I want to be doing my thing, you know, and then you're not. And then you get the opportunity to go and do it, not just like in a pub. Um, which is, I would knock it, um, but to do it in a club that's packed right. out. See, that's the thing, right? This is the problem I have with so many open spots, right? They'll go out and they'll do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night gigs, and they'll go to a gig because they're getting five minutes or they're getting 10 minutes or whatever it is, but they only ever see other open spots, right? That's like going to football training with a bunch of cripples who play five a side, right? <laughs> You're not going to learn anything from them. Apart from how to kick a ball once. But the way the home spots are going to learn is by going and seeing what the professionals do. And that's what I really loved about you and Sean, who you just got in touch and went, can we come down? And went, of course you can, right? We, we, we deliberately have a policy that all home spots, no matter who you are, you get in for free if you want to come to one of the Friday night, Saturday night shows because we want you to learn. We want you to show us your enthusiasm for what's going on. So if you go into that room like you did the other night and you saw how Billy just grabbed this audience by the scruff of the neck and turned them into one big tribe who all loved each other. You saw then how Jay did her stuff and then how Bradshaw came on and took what could have been a difficult room but but absolutely smashed it. And you learn all these lessons that you don't know you've learned but you've seen people who've been going for 15 years who've played the hydro, who've played some of the roughest gigs ever You've seen them take it by the scruff of the neck and and go and do really professional stuff. And the problem with a lot of open spots is they think they will only learn if they are doing, not if they are watching. And you actually learn more by watching the pros at a weekend gig than by doing a Tuesday night to six punters and 12 other open spots. 
Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you. I think, I, I, personally for me, when I get into it at the start, I kind of come out the traps because I've been watching for long enough. And I don't think people do enough research. I don't think, see if you're going to do something, it's just, I think it's common sense and a normal person would go, I'm going to research as much about this so I don't look out of place, so I don't look like a dick. Uh, do you ever get, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, see if, you, see if, like, as stupid as it sounds, going to an event or going to a do, checking with everybody what we all wearing because I don't want to look the dick. So, so how the day? Christmas special and... <laughs> <laughs> commercialism it's, it's all for them that, you know uh, but I think that's that's a big thing is people don't do enough sort of sitting back having a wee look going right this is this is kind of how it should do you, be do you honestly think there's that there's anyone in comedy who doesn't want to look the dick right do you honestly think right, if you're getting into comedy some you've things. got an ego you've got an ego which says I am funnier than the people that I am going to talk to right that that genuinely is what you right you must have in your head the moment you go on stage or want to go on stage, you're sitting there and you're going, I'm getting my five and ten minutes because I am going to be the funniest person in the room for the next five or ten minutes and I'm going to build up to be funnier and funnier and funnier. So you've got this ego that needs scratch. So why the hell would you? Why the hell would you why why the hell would you sit there and go, I don't want to look a dick? Because you already don't think you're going to be a dick. Because you already think that you've got the ego to be what the spotlight should be on. But if you can strip that back, I know what you're saying about the ego and I know there is that out there, but if you can, and the way I try and look at it as I go, I watch for the minute they get after arse to walk to that stage, my eyes are on them. How do they walk? How do they interact with the audience before they get there? Are they clapping the audience? Are they, what sort of mannerisms are they doing? How do they take the mic out? How do they hold the mic? What's the sort of first couple of things that they say? How do they ease into the set? How's their humour work? Where am I? And I'm, if somebody's telling a joke, I'm thinking, where's it going to go? How are they doing it? But I don't think people look far back enough. I think being a comedian, you've got to look for head to toe. Any bit you're doing, where is my hands? Where is my arms? Where is my legs? What body position am I in? How's my face looking? All that sort of stuff. I don't think they put enough thought into it to go this is how I can actually maximise this because I hear a lot of them saying sometimes you find it's just one or two words you need to change about and the joke's there I'm like that's the whole thing I'm like what no it doesn't matter because I can go and do my normal five set and it'll never be verbatim the same I know where the bits are I know how I get to them I know what I should say but I don't ever have for example the sentences will never ever ever be the same in the run up or sometimes even the, the finish yet it's I think there's a lot more in how am I delivering this and how am I looking when I'm doing it because especially in a comedy club, people do not appreciate, comedians especially at open spots don't appreciate how much this can do for you. Mm-hmm. Just oh, by making a facial expression. Absolutely right. So um, one of the biggest fears that a weekend comedian will get, or has rather, is the 10.30 in the morning phone call from the booker on a Saturday morning, right? If you've been to a club on a Friday night and the show report comes back and you get that 10.30 phone call, that is, you're on a warning here. You're either off the bill or you're getting told boom to to up your game so that happened to a comic that we both know quite well um uh, a couple of weeks ago who went in on a friday night looked like a bag of washing delivered their set like a bag of washing died in their arse but they shouldn't because they're a very very good act and they got that 10 30 in the morning phone call from me the next day which was right i've got a decision to make here am I replacing you or are you doing something different? And the conversation started off with how did last night go? 
and the reply back was, oh, it was all right, but no, it wasn't my best. And what I really hate is when you know that an axe died in their hole. It's when you, you ask that question, how was last night? And they go, aye, it was really good. And that's when I know immediately, <laughs> okay, I'm replacing you tonight, right? But with this person, you knew there was that hesitancy. You knew that they knew they'd fucked up. They didn't quite know why they'd fucked up. But I then talked them through what the show report said. I talked them through what I think of them in general and why I think that they can do better. And then it was, why do you think? And then I got the reasons. Their head wasn't in it. There was reasons that their head wasn't in it. But then it was a case of, well, do you know what? Everyone had paid 30 quid. You get your head in it tonight or else. Mm -hmm. And went out and smashed it that night because their head was in it. It was like the, the Alex Ferguson hairdryer effect. You know, at half time, it was, this isn't good enough. We want to, we want to win this. Um, and that's fortunately what happened. I think there is a lot of people tend to forget that, especially in clubs or at a weekend gig. Sorry, doing your open spot gigs, man. That's in a pub. Nobody's paid. You're actually invading their space. Uh, but I always try and keep that in mind going, these people have paid money to forget about And they've not just paid the money, right? They've not just paid the ticket price. So they've not just paid the 17 quid to get in the club, plus the extra 13 quid for your dinner. So you're 30 quid to get in the club. They've also paid their taxi fare there, tenner. Their taxi fare home, another tenner. They've paid a babysitter. This is what a lot of people forget who are in the younger demographic. They forget that the 30-year-olds and the 40-year-olds, this is a once every two months, three months night out that they've they've either paid a babysitter 50, 60 quid to look after their wains or they're cashing in brownie points with the granny or the grandpa or things like that, right? And then there's all the alcohol. So this is, this is a 150 night out for folk. If it's a couple, it's 200, 250 night out, quid night out, right? And you, you see someone turning up who's an open spot, like a bag of washing and just, <laughs> no. It's not, it's, it's not about you. You're here to do a job, mm. right? It's about these people who are expecting to be entertained on that night. They've decided to take a gamble, to not sit in and watch Strictly, to not sit in and watch I'm a Celebrity, but to go and see live entertainment and you've got to make sure that you honour that to them. 100%. And that's what we do every week in this podcast, buddy boy, innit? Uh, we no, we gave them 110%, <laughs> big man. Ross always asked me why I would never do comedy or why I don't try it. I think the reason is what you're saying is see when I watch these top guys, I know I'll know about that level and I don't even want to try and entertain it because what's the point in keeping people shite comedy and there's guys out there that date 10 times better? You're, 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 quite, you're quite lazy as well. You know no, what well, you, you do as much work as Shane McGowan said. There's, there's a Christmas joke for you, have that. See when there's something I actually want to do, I'm not lazy, it'll get done. <laughs> but that's me. Because it's a passion. I need to be grasped by it. Uh, I'm starting to feel as if you don't want to do this then, based on that I just comment. don't want to be here by him. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I I don't know. I think it's 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 something. I know what you're saying, but I think it's something you've got to constantly strive to. Don't get so me I'm wrong. constantly at the minute of the stage. I'm at, I'm striving. Where am I striving? To, to break up. to break through, to break through what? To break through into more clubs. I think. Do you know what actually my targets are next year? To get the swing of everywhere else apart from Glasgow. So I'm going to try and get to Edinburgh a lot more because I feel as if I struggle there and I'll be the first person to admit it. I feel as if I'm too, too West Coast, but there has been twinkles that shine through where I know the bit actually works. It's just perhaps a different wee setup and things like that. It's working with it. How many gigs a week do you do? Okay, how many gigs a month do you do? Okay, how many gigs a year do you do? 
right? See if you're not able to turn around to me and say you're doing five gigs a week, then you're no working, you're no striving, you're not trying to become a professional comedian. You're a fucking hobbyist. And there's nothing worse than being a hobbyist and taking up stage time from people who are really actually trying to make a career out of it and to develop and to make themselves better. Now you're gonna sit there and go, yeah, but I can't afford to, I've got a job, I've got this, I've got that, I've got the next thing. Do you know what? See if you really, really wanted to improve, you'd be out there five nights a week, you'd be sacrificing relationships, you'd be sacrificing whatever other career you've got and you'd be making a point of getting better. That's what all the others have done, right? I was on another on another podcast in this very room and I mentioned Mark Nelson spent more weekend nights for years sleeping on a mega bus coming back from London than he did in his own marital bed with his wife. <laughs> That's the kind of sacrifices you need to put in if you want to get better. The fact that you're saying, I want to get better in Edinburgh, fuck right off, right? You want to get better everywhere. Not just Edinburgh. No, just was, out of this little bubble in Glasgow. No, but that's, it's a sadly parochial example of what is wrong with the open spot comedians in Scotland just now. They only look at this tiny little bubble on the M8. They never go south. They never travel far, right? Look at the comics who are really successful at the moment and look at the sacrifices they've made, right? So, like, Susie McCabe, she's went over to Australia. Now, Susie, big woman with certain health problems, she had to fly business class to get out there because she she got a bad back, right? So she took not just time off from her day job as being a, a sparky, right? But she made the financial gamble of going out there at an expensive rate, not to make money in Oz, but to improve. Two years she did that. And look at her now. She's just done a full month in the hydro. Yep. Ray Bradshaw, similar. Mark Jennings, CMB, Roscoe, they all took a big gamble. They went to Australia for three months. They put their lives on hold. They put their relationships on hold. And look at them now. Jennings, just about to sell out the King's Theatre. Uh, CMB, got a really big project coming out that I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about or not. And Roscoe, making a fucking fortune on that Twitch, Twitch. kind of thing. Twitch, aye. Right? Twitch is... So I that's, said you that's, to do that's that. That's got a lot bigger twitch in terms of. I said for you to do that. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Making the financial gamble. It's getting the finances together first. No. Which, well, I can't. I can't. I can't do something if I've got nothing to start with. I couldn't make it, and you try and go and make it. That's what I'm saying to you. Like I've got right. So here's my world here. But I can't just turn around and go at to everybody I owe money to. Fuck you. You're not getting it because I'm going to go and take this gamble, which will pay off in five years. But for the next four years, I'm financially fucked. So what doubly hard. I mean? Think well, of it as two jobs. Aye, so that's what I'm saying. You day you day as much as you possibly can, but it's getting that extra income. Where do I get it for? And I'm not going to start punting gear. Com comedy cause, shouldn't cause be... Because nobody's paying the ticket. Oh, they look uh, at me. I'm not going to knock fuck at you. Do you know what I mean? So but when you start out, comedy's not work, right? You're, you 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 finish your work at four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, whenever it is, and then you've got that hour's drive, two hour's drive, whatever it is, and that shouldn't feel like work to you. Right, that should you be getting as excited as going to Celtic Park to watch a Champions League match or going to Murrayfield to watch the rugby or whatever it may be. I don't <laughs> know. Right, that's that's where you should be. That's where your headspace should be at. It should be a passion. You should want to go there. Now, 
trouble is, far too many open spots. We'll go there and they'll go skull, skull, skull with beer. And then they'll wake up the next morning depressed because they've got a hangover, blah, blah, blah. And that's why it feels like hard work to them. Because in order to, when they're at the gig, they treat it too much as socialising. Right? But if you treat it as a job, you treat it as a passion, then it's not work. Here's my if you say you should gig five times a week or something like that, eight days, much yours is what you do your job. How? How am I going to get there five gigs a week? Because I can try and get that, but sometimes I can only get three. Sometimes I can only get one. Right. You go out and you ask more and you ask more. More importantly, I'm more likely to give someone a gig if I know who they are rather than just getting a message from them. How do I know who they are? Because I've turned up at one of the gigs. They've made themselves known. They've ingratiated themselves to us. Better still, they've worked for us, right? The greatest example of this is a guy who did a gig off their own back at the MS Arena on Friday night in front of 9,000 people. And way back in 2013, he came up to me in Edinburgh and went, can I work your door? And he worked on the door for me at gigs uh, in the Edinburgh Fringe, and it was either 2013 or 2014, around about then, because he wanted to be surrounded by comedy. He wanted to be surrounded by comedians. He wanted to learn. And he knew that earning seven quid an hour for a couple of hours a day, he would expand his knowledge by seeing um, really good acts working in front of him. And he would get to know them, they would get to know him, and then he got more work and more work and more work. And then on Friday night, him and his partner, who have got the largest podcast in the UK, sold out an arena. So that's how you do it. Go and offer yourself up. See if a comedy club says, we need door staff, we need bar staff. Go be there in the room. You'll learn more in the room there week after week after week than you will by driving to Brecon to do an open spot still drive to Brighton and do that open spot but go and get your job in a comedy club what do you think buddy I think it's quite right to be fair like I can relate it to my work I'm just finishing my apprenticeship and that sometimes you do learn a lot more just by actually stoning watching and taking in what the guy's doing then you go in there and fucking something up Aye. and then you're stuck there for real <laughs> something no because it's the, you can relate it to that you you know taking in what guys are doing then you got my stage and bomb it's the same as me at my work going in and absolutely wrecking a fucking machine because I don't know what I'm meant to be doing you need to build all this up for you to do that and he's, he's quite right the, the best way to do that is to be there and networking because networking is really really fucking important in terms of knowing the people and being around the people because sometimes that can pull you out a hole Aye. and get you places I mean I'd, I admit I'm a difficult person to deal with right for years there was people who just wouldn't deal with me because they'd heard from so and so who'd heard from so and so who'd heard from so and so that I was a cunt right and I'll admit I have been one of the biggest cunts you will ever meet right <laughs> but then these people have decided that they need to get gigs so they will work with me and then they've gone actually he's not that much of a cunt right he's actually a fairly decent person right and I will some people I will treat like absolute dog shit because they've not ingratiated themselves to me or they can't bring anything to the table apart from negativity right some people I will totally go out my way for but when you hear reputations you'll only know yourself through dealing with them yourself 
do you would what do you say you know would it be safe to say you know you've got a certain reputation do you quite i and I, I i will say that i actually um specifically bred that over a number of years I, it was it was a very definite definite reason for doing it it didn't just happen what was the specific reason for so you right mainly it was towards the lower levels of the gene pool in the world of comedy right and the reason for that is um i would say i would put up oh i need i need someone to do 15 minutes paid blah 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 and you'd get i'd get hundreds of people getting in touch going geez a gig geez a gig geez a gig and in the early days i would give people who were not ready for that spot that spot but they had told me they were and i went oh that was, and 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 i would give them very specific feedback about why they weren't good enough why i wasn't going to progress them and there's no point in me bullshitting about whether someone's good or someone's bad right uh there's nothing worse i think than someone going oh how was that and someone going hey, that was nice when it absolutely wasn't he and i would quite and i've done it with you i've done it with sean i've done it with others i'll quite go see see that bit there don't use it in my club ever again that's not going to work. See that bit there? See if you tweak that and turn that around. See what you did. You're not ready for another year. Go out and do X, Y, and Z. And don't ask me for an open spot or paid work or anything for another six months or another year. Whereas there'll be other bookers, there'll be other clubs who'll just blank you. Right? And you won't hear anything. But I want to get the best acts on stage. And I want people to improve to be the best that they can. And unless you get constructive criticism from people in the industry, you're not going to improve. If people keep telling you, well, that was good when it wasn't, then you're just going to sit in your own wee bubble and you're not going to get better. Comedy has genres. Comedy clubs have genres because it works on a Tuesday night in front of a bunch of students who've paid two quid doesn't mean it's going to work on a Saturday night in front of a bunch of accountants who've paid 30 quid. Do you know, see when you're saying about that, I, I'll tell you the first feedback I ever got for the stand in terms of the Tuesday night. They said, uh, not bad. And then they said, think it would work well on the weekends. However, Tuesday night crowds would be a bit different. So we'll come back and do the other. You want to come back and do another. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. They have no clue. They literally have no clue at that club. And I find it absolutely hilarious. The, the, the thing I just read from that was, so you basically said that you think my stuff would work on a weekend, which is why I'm here in the uh -huh. first place. But I can't get to that yet. Without doing a Tuesday. Without, did, so you think, um, you know, you think I'd probably out of uh -huh. all the people on the bill that night, I'm probably the only person that got that because I've got my ear to the flare. And I would say, I would say me and you are normal people. Normal working class guys, I would say that's fair to say. Working class people, right? We get it. Right. Well, no, like I see some other comics or students, and that's absolutely fine, right? You write about what you know. You can't write about something you don't know about uh, to have your, I would say, your style implemented on it or whatever. When I'm doing it, it's things that have happened that I've exaggerated and whatever, but it's mine. If you know what I mean. I'm Aye. Like, so what you what you basically said to us there is you said you, you you've said that you're normal working class blokes, right? You are the main demographic. You are Jerry Cinnamon's audience. We right? are scum. That is what you're <laughs> saying, right? But see, at the moment, 
what the comedy intelligentsia want us to believe is that your voice is not important, right? We want to hear the voice of the person who has X affliction, the person who has X gender, the per Y, whatever it may be, right? They're wanting all the, 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 the diverse voices. And don't get me wrong, diverse voices, absolutely amazing. But you got to remember that the vast majority of the audiences in a weekend gig are Karen from Accounts, who's 45 and is a pain in the arse, right? Or it's Ross who drives the buses, right? And is not the cleverest egg in the gene pool, right? Uh, that's that's what you're getting, right? We're not we're not the Soho Theatre, London. We're not um, we're not the Royal Bally, Covent Garden, whatever it is. We're comedy. We are lowest common form denominator for uh, in, in terms of entertainment. We don't need to have a specific talent in being able to do a paddy do or being able to hit G sharp or whatever it may be. We talk pish for a living. People want to be entertained. People want to laugh. People don't want to be lectured to. That's what podcasts are for. Do you think? We're meant to be lecturing folk. <laughs> I don't, I've, I don't think I've been telling people for the past eight months that you've got a massive lang, man. I don't know, like, what the fuck? He has to slip it in at least one point in the podcast. It's every fucking week, but we'll let you away with it. Yes, so see, like slip it I'm in. quite interested to find out how you managed to branch out to Australia in terms of your comedy, Cabaret. Uh, oh, that was dead, dead, dead simple. Uh, Australian wife wanted ah. to move out there, so went out, set up a business out there. Uh, turned out that the business... Uh, lasted longer than the marriage, uh, so so I still go back and forth out to Australia, um, where I'm now the largest uh, ticket seller at the Perth, Adelaide, and Melbourne comedy festivals. Maybe I'll go one time. <laughs> Maybe I'll go. No, one well, actually, time. Well, actually, Mate, no, we're going to come up here for them, Barton. <laughs> no, well, we're maybe going to Perth this next year to visit Boydie, who's obviously all there working. Me, Josh, Tory, and that, so we might actually take a swing by. Do it mid January, mid February. Uh, that's that's the time to go. Aye. Well, I'll get you in touch, and you can. You can that sounds good. I hope you enjoy your trip. Where's my invite? Have you? You've just said you've not got the funds to trek. You've not got the funds yeah, to go yeah. to Edinburgh, uh, but I, I'm all, I always need door staff in Australia, so I can get you a visa if you're willing to come out for a month and I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll give you some front of house work if you want. There you go, you get to stay with Boydie. <laughs> I imagine that. But bunk beds? No, I think Boydie's gives you a house, though. All right, just because I wanted to get in the bunk beds, take acid and be there, but whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, talk, what was I going to say there? Talk to us about, um, right, dream, dream lineup for Christmas this year, if you could have it, MD. Oh, I've had it. What did you have? I've, to I've totally got it. I mean, it's like uh, Billy Kirkwood's your compere. Mm -hmm. Boom, smash it out of the park, right? He, but Billy is just Mister Enthusiasm. He's Mister Saturday oh, no, Night. I like Billy. We had right? Billy on this. I like um, Billy, and Billy in a Scottish audience, just he, 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 it's no stand up. It's entertainment, right? Uh -huh. It's uh, it's Ant and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway. That's that's your compere. That's your host. Boom, superb. Jay Lafferty, Jay just, she just comes in and she gives the women's point of view and the women all absolutely love her. The guys all sit and go, oh fuck, and piss themselves. Absolutely brilliant, 
fantastic, right? Ray Bradshaw, he's just the most professional, charismatic, hilarious guy. Put him in front of any audience and they absolutely warm to him. Mm -hmm. And then Farley, Liam Farley, just bring him out. Reigning Scottish Comedian of the Year, he just knocks it out of the park. Um, that's it. That's our lineup, and it's just you, 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 you can't get more Glasgow at Christmas than that. That's just absolutely joyous. There you go. So you can get your tickets now. Where can we get the tickets for the shows, Alan? Well, I'm afraid you can't because we're sold out now for the rest ah, of the year. That's, right. that's been the great thing about it. That's that's well, where do you get the tickets for future Normally, preference for guys? The like Comedy them. Cabaret dot club not com dot club the comedy cabaret dot club excellent club. Uh, you mentioned scottish comedian of the year there i just want to briefly touch on that what are you fucking laughing for <laughs> you i'm loving this this is uh, this this is when he goes like a brazilian football team who <laughs> think they're going to win the world cup is this what happens here yeah uh -huh. what, what are you talking about come on didn't they win it <laughs> no i wasn't in it the first time i entered it in fact that's what i wanted to say right so my fifth ever gig right was the Rotunda Gong Show, <laughs> uh, uh, back back door entry in at the Community of the Year final, right? That's that's what it was, and this was the first time I met her. Do you remember this? It's my favourite gig. Do you remember the first thing you ever said to me? Well, I'd tell me, go on. So what happened was, at those early stages, I still do it now, I will say... Explain person, what a gong show is. Right, okay, so for anyone who doesn't know, a gong show is, you'll have X amount of comedians who all have five minutes or Maximum. Right, maximum, right? So you've got to do five minutes, right? It's timed, yep. right? Within the audience, three members of the audience will have red cards, right? You will, sometimes you get a two-minute grace period, sometimes you don't. Once the grace period is over, should there be one, if the audience don't like you, those red cards goes up, get three of them, you're off. They are very, some, I've done a few, some are nicer than others, <laughs> none more horrible than Alan's, right? <laughs> right, so to give but you the But mine has got the biggest stake, right? Because if you win it, you get into the Scottish Comedian of the Year final, yep. and you also get a cash prize, and you get a weekend's booking. So that's huge. That's massive, right? There's a lot to gain from that. And so, if you win Scottish Community of the Year, I take you to Australia. To perform. Right. So. So my, this was my fifth ever gig. And it was just after I'd come back from London and doing King Gong, right? Which is also a gong show. I remember as, watching that show. Yes, as equally horrific. Um, three Who was your compere there? Tanya Muir. Right. Uh, and it was the, it was three and a half minutes both nights. But the first thing I ever said to Alan was, I said, I don't know, I said to everybody, I said, thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's an honour and a privilege to be able to come and perform. To which he turned round and shouted in my face, fuck off, you brown-nosing cunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the shite right. went immediately right up my back. <laughs> uh, and I was rattled for the get-go. Uh, and done three and a half minutes and bidded them farewell. Farewell. Um, I remember that one. You walked half. You're like fuckies. I the King Gong one. I the King Gong. They get, they get the, the, the humble get it up. You so sing. that that gig that you did, uh, that that first time that you'd met me, um, I had literally just got off a flight from Australia. Uh, the flight had touched down at seven thirty at Glasgow Airport. The gig started at eight o'clock, and um, I'd been flying back, and I'd said to the stewardess because I turned left on the plane, not right in the plane. Uh, I said, can I get an espresso martini two hours before touchdown and then another one one hour before touchdown? So I was two espresso martinis to the good. I've been awake for 24 hours. It's a um, long flight. It's a long flight, aye. Um, and touchdown, 
Car picked me up at Glasgow Airport, gets into the club and I walked in and Callum, the barman, was stood there with an espresso martini for me. So I was bouncing out my fucking nut because I was caffeined and, and whoa. And then, and then I had another one on stage and, another, and that, was, that was why I was in proper, right, yeah. give us it mode. It was, it was very, it was zero to a hundred very quickly high high intensity high aggression what could you rhyme off some of the, i was trying to explain this to people right because you people who have never done it right in other open spots we kind of i've said like the, the rotunda gong show was i couldn't put any words how you hosted that it's very difficult for me to put any words i was trying to remember some of the things you say it was like i think at one point you end off saying i fucking hate every single one of these cunts <laughs> not one of them better go through i'm yeah. sure like that rolled but, off your right. tongue at once so basically what i i i i'm like a conduit between the audience and what's going on on stage and and my job is kind of like um kind of like the the the, the the joker kind of character in a medieval castle if there's a gladiatorial fight right um it's to get the audience to want death right because the most the best the best form of entertainment um at that kind of thing is watching someone die horrifically you don't want someone to do well at a gong show right you want to see comedians be put through the ringer like everybody everybody slows down and stops and watches a car crash when it happens, right? When we're all on TikTok, we love those videos where you see a car driving along a motorway and you know something's going to happen and you wait and, oh, yes! And that's exactly what you want because you do get, at gong shows, you will get three or four folk who are good acts, who deserve to get paid spots, who are going in there knowing that they can do it. But then you'll get another 20 who are absolute dog shit and they're hoping... <laughs> That they'll do fucking it, dog right? one, but the thing is in that 20 there'll be one or two who will just have some wee glimmer of genius and they'll come out with something and the audience go that's that's brilliant right and so it's just, that's, it's just it's purely we want to see people trip up and fall but the rewards at the end it's like it's like total wipeout we love watching total wipeout because you see folk drop in the water we love watch ninja warrior right. because you can see the ones with the skill but then also you see the ones who fall and drop in the water so it's the same kind of premise i would urge as many open spots to do them as much as they possibly can because it will put no thicker skin on you that 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 is the ultimate like sort of defense mechanism to grow up a wee bit and not really take to heart as much like see after then two I, of them see after that see if i died mars one night not that i wouldn't care i would go home and i'd i wouldn't spend as much time crying about it i would spend more time working at it as opposed to feeling sad about it if you get what so I mean. so going back to what we talked about earlier on about my persona it's actually quite <laughs> it's actually why there's quite a large amount of people who don't like me is because of things that i've said in character on stage about them so like billy watson for example we took it so far that Billy Watson stormed the stage and tried to punch me and boot fuck out of me, right? And I was just like, oh, come on. Um, it's like there, there was a comedian called Gus Toz who was a very good one, uh, what, very good gag merchant, came from Aberdeen, came down to a gong show. And uh, he, he was only just starting out, but he was, he was good in Aberdeen. To, to put it into context, the next year he got top three in Scottish Comedian of the Year and he was doing well professionally for a couple of years. Anyway, he came down from Aberdeen, so he drove three and a half hours down to Glasgow to Maggie Mays at the time to do a gong show. And um, 
he was a bit, I was introduced to him on stage, went, this next act came all the way from Aberdeen, so we probably won't understand the word he's saying, so feel free to gong him off stage as soon as you want. Gus Toz, and he walked on stage, he went, Foos Doos, gong. And he went apoplectic that oh, the audience dear. had put the cards up and gonged him straight away. Seven hours out of his life in a car to be able to go Foos Doos, and he was raging, absolutely raging at us. But you know what? That was a gong show. That was tricky that, crumbles. That's what they are. They mentioned the Scottish comedian the year there. That it's not. It's not happening this year, though, is it? No. Tell us why. Because it's be something that I was really looking forward to. <laughs> it was something I was really looking forward to to be able to kind of. Because by the time I started comedy, it was like the week later you'd put up looking for the gong show, so it all kind of passed me by, and I was right in the door. So this year I was like, right, okay, I'm in the door. I know, you know, a wee bit about things I'd like to. Right, dead, dead simple. Uh, the simple answer is I couldn't get a venue this year to host the final because there's so many events which have rolled over from 2020, which have rolled over from 2021, which have rolled over from whatever. And every single decent venue is of, of the size required for it was already fully booked. And they are all fully booked until 2024. And the longer and longer I left it, the later and later it was getting and life was getting so busy uh, all the stuff with um, with all the Christmas party nights and all that. And the World Cup was the main driving force mm. for me deciding, fuck it, I can't be asked Because Scottish Community Year final normally happens this time a year. Yep. In fact, it was yesterday, last year, when we had the last one, when Liam Farley won. And um, I it, it got to around about September and I didn't have a venue that wasn't, on a night when there was probably going to be a big World Cup match. Yep, tonight. And I just went, fuck it, there's absolutely no point this year. Um, so we'll do it early 2023 so that it's kind of like an 18-month kind of gap yep. as opposed to... Okay, to so you, you, you're going to do it? Oh, it's going to, it's going to continue, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just that this year, it just, it just got too late. I procrastinated. I couldn't be asked, um, and it was too late to get a winner to then take to Australia yep. to get mm -hmm. all the visas and all that kind of stuff done. And to be honest with you, what what difference does six months make? No mega. No, no mega. You're absolutely right. So something might happen during Glasgow Comedy Festival. Watch this space. Oh, right, quiz. As long as nothing's on the Sunday the 19th, I've got a gag at me. But after that, Oh, after or before they will be like yes shall we go on to the quiz uh, I'm really looking forward to this Christmas themed quiz so Craig's going to leave us he's going to go right. he's going to go empty his, his bladder thanks very much Craig <laughs> yep you, you can get in there uh, right, I'll play some music so I can't hear it aye play play some Christmas songs or something you know try and get the the whole vibe. I'm gutted you didn't about the Grinch stuff, Alan. To be honest, I thought that would have been. Do you know what? I think this is this is going to be an annual thing for Christmas. We'll get you on, but you've got to come on in the full Grinch gear. I will pay a makeup artist to do the full booner, like the green face. I think that'd be fantastic. Although it'd be fair, you're into your fitness now, aren't you? So if you end up taking your top off, which I know you like the nudity. What? Do you mean now? What? What do you mean I'm into my fitness now? Well, I've only known you like oh, just literally a year and. When I first met you, I never really seen much about the fitness. I seen you having a go at fat people. I remember that. 
I remember seeing in the forum, what was it you said? It was something like... Reduce your weight, reduce your risk. The whole reason that we had lockdown in 2020 is because fat people and old people were dying and people like me weren't able to make a living because fat people with type 2 diabetes were more likely to die than anybody else. That's why I was having a go. They should all have just been locked up and, you know, left to the side. What's happened? They're still they're still dying. Of, oh, they've had an extra two years. Oh, bless. But look at all these poor kids who've got strep A now because fat people were allowed to live an extra two years. Don't get me fucking started. As as, as a fat person with incoming type 2 diabetes, um, my... Well, get rid of it. What? Type get rid of it. No, I like it. I lose half my material. <sighs> it's, I'm winding you up for fuck, right? Uh, Paul, shall we have got 30 seconds on the clock? Give us a shout. Question one, how many reindeer does Santa have, including Rudolph? Eight. Question two, in what year was Band-Aid? Do you, they know it's Christmas time? Was 1984. Released? Question three, if you're naughty, 82. what if you're naughty, what is Santa leaving in your stocking? Uh, not even a, mince pie, don't know. Question four, finish the lyric. It's the season, love and understanding. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Mm. Question five, the Christmas film titled Miracle on X Street takes place on which numbered street? L, oh, Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. I nearly said Elm Street there. Right. <laughs> would have been, that would have been a film. That's that's, that's pretty cool. Um, shall we summon? I don't know if you can hear. Oh, Betty. Oh, Betty, dear. Darling. He's having a shite. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the viewers at home won't be able to hear that, but we just heard a massive <laughs> flush there, uh, followed by another one. Hope you wash your hands, big man. Obviously. <laughs> I love the I love the conviction in that. <laughs> Holy voice that obviously I <laughs> see to be fair where you come from you probably don't need to. Did you were you were you need nothing? Yeah, you got a wee bit actually in your jeans there. You always have a wee bit of It's the same as still game now when Eric's talking to shake, shake, then a big dust of piss comes from anywhere. It's cause he's he's well hung, you see. Right, how did we do? How, well, we'll do we'll do the questions to you now ho, ho. and we will then go through them. Okie dokie. I'm gonna bomb here. Question one, how many reindeer does Santa have, including Rudolph? Eight. Question two, in what year was Band-Aid? Do they know it's Christmas time released? Fucking 1987, I don't know. Question three, if you're naughty, what is Santa leaving in your stocking? Oh, cool. Question four, finish the lyric. It's the season. Loving, understanding. Merry Christmas, everyone. Question five, the Christmas film titled Miracle on X Street takes place on which number street? Miracle on which street? Uh, Miracle Number. Fucking... No. Oh, what man! It's a draw. Is it right? Let's go through them. Let's let, let's go through them. Right. So, question one: How many reindeer does Santa have, including Rudolph? Is it Elm Street? No, it's fucking. I said Elm Street. That's where the crew is. I went to see that first. Well, I went, no, it's no. Which street? Right. We'll, we'll get. We'll, we'll get, get it. We'll get it. Right. So, question one: Including including Rudolph is nine, eight without. Oh. Do you know what? Right. I, I was thinking eight, but then. I was going to say, is it including Rudolph? And then you said including Rudolph. See, I, I, I gave the same answer. So that's nothing each. Question two, in what year was Band-Aid? Do they know it's Christmas time released? Alan got it right, it was 1984. Yes. Was it? Question three, if you're naughty, what is Santa leaving in your stocking? You don't sure you said mince pie. It's coal, it's one each. Oh. Question four, finish the lyric. It's the season, love and understanding. You said... Simply Santa. having a wonderful Christmas time. It's Merry Christmas, everyone. It's 2-1 oh. to the Bidmeister oh. General. No, because you sang it to Buddy. You did not sing it to Alan. So I think that's cheating. Paul, fuck well, up. I, love it. I well, lose every one of these. Well. <laughs> He's clearly going to have got the next one right. So well. Two each. Well. 
right, okay, I hear what you're saying, and we're learning every day, Craig. We learn every day. We learn every episode. The final question, a Christmas film titled Miracle on which street, right? It was 34th Street, Alan got it. That's two each. That's Imagine if it was Elm Street, though, because that's Freddy Krueger. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Fucking fucked up Christmas. Some wings get, instead of getting their presents, he's been slashed to bits. <laughs> well, it's Freddy Krueger. He'd probably have had his way with him as well. Right, so we've got a bonus question, a tiebreaker question. Now, I'm going to give you both a minute to have a think about this, right? Now, I'm going to have a think. A minute. Minute. I hope you pause the podcast <laughs> no, for no, a minute then. It's not that. I'm just going to think how I'm going to do this. I am going to get... Do both of you have a phone signal right now? Aye. Uh, I want you to text me this answer, right? Because I've not got a pen and paper. Oh God, right, okay. okay. Right, hold on. I'm going to have to take it off airplane mode because I was professional. Ross, I don't your number, mate. Uh, <laughs> I don't have your number. I'm taking the piss. I don't have your number. I'm going to have to just like, Facebook, Facebook message Facebook's you this, fine. right? So, uh, so or if, if it's hard for Wannies, if Wannies can do it, it's, it's fine. So the question is, obviously, Band-Aid was released in 1984 with a target set of £70,000 by Bob Geldof. It was released on the 3rd of December. The song entered the UK singles charts at number one, staying there for five weeks. You did realise we Within the first... Within a year, how much did it raise? Right. Closest wins. So they set a target of £70,000. Done. That's not including Live Aid. That's just oh, Band-Aid. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, I've turned my airplane mode on, so I can never send... I've text you. I'm definitely going to be way off, man. I don't know these things. Plus, I need to remember it was 1984. I think I've shot way over. Okay. You've sent me. I've sent you. Holy fuck. So, Alan, you've got 121 million. Is that 121 million? 121 million. million. And you confirm that answer. 121 million. <laughs> and Craig's put in 10 million. According to my Google search, five minutes before entering the studio, it raised 8 million pounds. Is that all? It was Jesus 1984. Vamos! Messi! <laughs> <laughs> Can I believe you have fallen and been slayed? <laughs> Get out! I can't believe this. Oh my, but normally that, would, that wouldn't entertain a prize. However, since it being Christmas, let's get wired right into Santa's sack here. So... Bob Geldof went, give us your fucking money on live <laughs> telly and all it got was eight million. Craig, would you like to present our guest, Mr. Anderson, with his very own Pine Beans t-shirt, please, if you don't mind. Here you go. Oh, thank you very much. No problem at all, sir. We'll get we'll get a wee picture of that when we, when we wrap up. Now, oh, that's nice of you. Got me a medium. Thanks yes, very much. That's what you asked for. Oh, <laughs> that is a dinner. Didn't yeah. right. So, as well as that, because it's Christmas and we're feeling Christmassy, buddy, get your mic around your gob. So, I don't think it would be just, and it wouldn't be Christmas, if we didn't give the most important part of this show a wee present. Paul's getting a present. Paul oh, is Paul. getting a present because Paul makes all of our dreams come true. Without him, we would be nowhere and we're eternally grateful. So, Craig, would you please present the one and only Rebel City Paul Shields with his very own Pine Beans top. Yeah. We got you. We got you long sleeved as well because um, we've sleeve. never seen you wear a short sleeve ever. So we, we got you short sleeve, uh, and Craig, I actually got you something. If you want to sit down and get your mic, as pie and beans pants. So obviously we know that you might not be sharing your 
gifts I share with someone special, right? A bit of a lone wolf. But the plus side to that is you get to go out and you get to be a bit of a boy, right? And you might get to wake up in the morning with somebody special, right? It could be the start of something special, but prior to waking up, we know what you would be doing and we need you. I need you every week and I need you to be safe. So I got you your very own Christmas Johnny. <laughs> it might be a bit ticked. Okay, but I reckon that's no bad. So there you go. You can have that. I can the, make it work. I can work with this. The I'm least, sure you could. The least you could have done was put a flashlight in it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I suppose um, it's all right, we've got it in I, abundance. I think, I think after this, we're, we're going to take acid, so you'll no need it. Right, anyway. So, yes, the callback of all callbacks. I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I suppose that, that, that'll, that'll wrap us up. So thank you, Craig, for joining us. Alan, thank you very much for thank coming Thank you very on. much. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Excellent. I'm glad you did. Remember, Paul, as usual, thank you. Comedycabaret.club. Comedycabaret.club. Fuck up. Eh... So that, 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 that's us. I uh, just want to say thank you very much for this year's support. Uh, all your likes, shares, subscribes, everything is massively appreciated. We're going to come back next year uh, with a lot more, a lot different. Uh, so we hope you'll join us for that. So all that's left to say is thank you very much again and Merry Christmas to you or Happy Holidays indeed to you and your family and all the or best. Or Happy Hanukkah. Who knows? We'll know Kanye West. Yep. <laughs> that, I covered that with holidays. But, uh, Eat yeah. Mubarak when it comes. The what? There you go. Eid Mubarak when it comes. Correct. Um, but take care and all the best for the new year. Thank you very much, folks. See you later. Scotch Craig, that's your pine beans ready. <laughs>